Good morning. It's Saturday. I'm in the office. You know what that means. It's Saturday morning hustle because we hustle on Saturday, on Sunday. We come in early. We stay late. We put the extra effort in. Why? Because the next level status does not happen Monday through Friday. Being the next big thing will not happen nine to five. Now, today on the podcast, I have a great conversation for you, lessons learned, and other tips and tidbits from a seemingly unconnected series of occurrences that happened to me in 1985 through 2000. Yes, 15-year span. This was when I was in the music industry. This is before I was doing marketing full-time and the, the business development and Golden Group things that I do now. This is going back, starting when I was a teenager, playing my first band, and learning lessons that, learning lessons essentially the hard way. And this was all kind of triggered recently. I was watching a show on Netflix. The main characters go into a 90s rave, a warehouse rave, literally old school warehouse raves. We did a lot of this in the 90s. If you're old enough to remember what I'm talking about, you know what I mean? If you're too young to know, go look it up. (laughs) Anyways, these were raves held illegally in sketchy places. It was dangerous. It was dirty. It was dumb. There was nothing very glamorous around it, but we did it because it was fun and it was for the music. It was for dancing. It was for socializing. So that scene in the show I was watching about a 90s rave triggered the ideas of things and lessons that I learned starting back 20, not 20, 1985 as a teenager playing in garage bands, working in the music industry at a very street level, a very low level, working through throwing raves, attending raves, being out after after midnight, after two, after four, to all hours of the night doing sketchy things that didn't quite kill us, but taught us some lessons, meeting some interesting people, and so on and so on. So the unconnected occurrences between 1985 and 2000 I want to talk about today and how it relates to business and entrepreneurism in 2020 starts with garage bands, 90s warehouse raves, music video fails. My first few music videos were terrible. A chance meeting with Trent Reznor, you might know him better as Nine Inch Nails, creative business before the internet and transitioning through the invent of the internet, but still before smartphones and other technology we have today. And all of the lessons that come with this, because like I said earlier, we were doing sketchy stuff we shouldn't have been doing. It wasn't safe, but nobody died. So there are lessons to be learned there, success to be built upon. So let's go right to the top. Warehouse raves. Warehouse raves were fun. And the intent of a warehouse rave was to have fun, was to get people together in an unconventional way outside of the norm of clubs and liquor laws and the police and everything else, not simply because we needed to be illegal, but because we wanted to. We liked the idea of being rebellious, of breaking the rules, of doing things we weren't supposed to do. Of course, we didn't understand at the time, and of what I realize as a much older adult now, are the safety factors and things come with it. So I reference how no one died. Remember in all these stories, no one died. So that dangerous fun, that sense of rebellion and breaking all the rules was the trigger for this conversation today. It started with my time playing in and producing music from garage bands. What's great about being in a garage band when you're a teenager, when you're a young person, is breaking the rules, being rebellious, just for the sake of it, just for doing it. That's why a lot of garage bands are 
kind of into punk rock and heavy metal and things that are already rebellious on their face. So it is not asking for permission, just doing whatever you want, which typically includes kind of sucking. That's why when you say the word garage band, it refers to a young group of people, not very good early in their career, early in their pursuits, etc. But the key being focused on being rebellious, having fun, doing something different, not following the rules, but you do need to follow the rules because you do need to understand the basic concepts of playing music. And the diff- this is the difference between bands who are just terrible and never get better and bands who are really good, but maybe they can go on to break the rules. I mean, again, if it's punk rock, if it's heavy metal, if it's hip hop, if it's alternative country, if it's EDM, if it's DJing, all of these things are taking the traditional rules, if you will, note structure, chord structure, progressions, time signatures, etc., and then turning them on their head. Now, everyone wants to start there, but when you're in the garage, when you don't know any better, when you don't have the basic techniques, when you don't know the rules, you can't really break the rules in a productive way. You're simply breaking the rules, being rebellious simply for the sake of being rebellion. And that typically doesn't end up being any sort of quality that's sustainable, that people really want to get into, that they want to invest their time and effort or money in to support you as a band, as an artist, anything of that nature. So as much as you want to break the rules, you need to learn the rules so that you can break the rules. I will come back to that at the end. Absolutely a business marketing tip for 2022 right there for you. But that's where everything starts with garage bands. When I was playing garage bands, we were producing, we were going out, running sound and doing things like this. And I'm not sure how many of you know my backstory, but I got kicked out of my first garage band because I was even worse than everyone else in the garage band. I didn't rehearse enough. I had too many other things in my life that separated my attention. The band asked me if I could run sound, be the sound guy, handle the mixing, set all the levels and make sure the speakers and amplifiers work. That's what bringing sound is all about. I said yes even though I didn't know how to do it. So that's actually a case of faking it till you make it. But it's different here because I didn't fake it because I was simply just trying to make money or get over on someone or or be some sort of scam artist. I said yes with the intent of learning how and providing the service. So I was faking it till you make it with a very short runway of what make it was going to be, even if it was at the garage band level. And then eventually from 1985, when I started doing that, through 2000 when I retired from that business, went from garage level to international acclaim level. That was a continual path. That's the second lesson we'll come back to at the end of this conversation. So garage bands, warehouse raves, breaking all the rules, getting your start. I also didn't realize when I said yes to being the sound guy that I was starting a business. I knew the sound guy got paid. And what I realized really quickly was a sound guy and the person setting up the speakers, setting all the levels, having all the technical prowess to make a show go off so a band could play for an audience, could play in a club, could achieve a a sound for a concert, uh, whether it's for two people or 200 or 2,000 or 200,000, that person gets paid. The band at a lower level and the garage level doesn't always get paid. So I was finding a way to make myself money while staying relevant, being connected to a band because chicks love guys in bands. That's what I was thinking at the time. I was making money. I didn't realize I had started a business. And I absolutely did not understand that I was being entrepreneurial or being an entrepreneur. I had no idea what these things were. I simply had a cool way to make easy money for something that I enjoyed doing. It sounds like lessons from how to start a business, right? 
have passion for what you're doing, find a way to make money out of it, and provide a service at a value that is greater than the expectations of your audience. That is a business lesson for you, absolutely, 100%. That is my story. That's how I become an entrepreneur long before I understood what being an entrepreneur was. Now going on 37 years of that, I accidentally made money until I learned how to really make money. Then I made very serious money in the 90s up until the 2000 mark. But being in the music production business wasn't just enough work to do to just do live shows and to go work in studios, which I did. Also doing things like shooting music videos. Music videos became huge at this time. This is when MTV era was happening. The invent of MTV, of music videos, of the popularity, of the access to music videos was a game changer to the music industry the same way that the internet and eventually smartphones has been a game changer to communication. The fact that we're doing this video program and this podcast in the way that we're doing it today is a, is a complete product of the evolution through the 80s and 90s spurred on by MTV and desire by artists to do something new, something interesting, something new, and something that was more interactive, that they have more control of with their audience and less about mass producing their music. And it's been a trend that's been going and it continues to go that way. So I actually went to college to get a production degree, a radio, television, film, mass communications production degree. Didn't actually know what I wanted to do with my life outside of being in the music business, but it gave me access to equipment. It gave me access to a recording studio. It gave me access to consoles, to, to additional types of recording and video production equipment. Even though I had never done video production, I was taking classes in college to learn how to do that. So the first thing I did, the first chance I got, I took that equipment and started attempting to shoot music videos for my friends, for the bands I was working with. The first time I planned out, shot a music video, I spent three days setting up the location, securing the people, getting the band there on time, getting this shoot to happen over and over and over again to collect all the angles, all of the different footage I needed. After three days, took it back to look at it, and it was all trash. My first experience was a complete and utter failure. And now I'll look back and see all the technical errors I made. I understand how there was no way I was ever going to achieve what I was trying to achieve, but I wouldn't know that. I couldn't know it. I couldn't even learn this in my classes until I actually went out into that dirty warehouse that we rehearsed in that we thought was cool. And now when I think about it, it was dirty. It was dangerous. It was dumb. And it tried to make a video. We had a great party. We had a great time doing it. It was a lot of effort that turned into nothing. I can tell you my second shoot in a much more controlled space. I had other people helping me. It, I achieved a complete music video, not the greatest video you've ever seen, possibly not the worst either, but it was a hundred times better than the first one because I actually achieved what I set out to do with a basic idea of what it looked like when it was finished from start to finish. So learning lessons, making the mistakes, making the adjustments and doing better the second time. The third one was much better than that. The fourth one was much better than that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So luckily for me, I got my complete disasters out of the way when I was very young and was working for free for my friends. So they forgave me for all the time and effort we wasted that didn't get into an actual music video. I made it up for them. I made another video for them later that was much better. But also at the same time, understanding that any type of producing something, producing content, producing a podcast, producing a video, producing a music video, interviews, a documentary, 
a full-blown movie, etc. There is trial and error. There are mistakes that need to be made. There are adjustments that need to be made, lessons learned, and you move forward being better every time that you do it. You're not great right out of the pocket. You're not from the start. You're not going to be super. You're not going to be wonderful, but you will get better if you invest the time and effort. You, you try hard, you focus, etc. So MTV influenced me to learn lessons by completely failing and getting better to move forward. The first she was a disaster, but it got better. I used what I had available to me. If I didn't have it available, I found a way to make it available. And a little bit of continue fake it till you make it. A little bit of faking what you could. I took some footage from shoot A and shoot B. I took some live footage. I took some different things. I took some doctored footage, some made up, some A, some B roll, etc., to put together eventual finished product. So it didn't always go uh, completely as according to plan, according to the shot sheet, but accomplishing the end result because of a little bit of a, no one will ever know this was shot on a different day and no one will ever know that that's not actually the band that they're watching and no one will ever know that this is a live performance that we overdubbed the sound on, etc. Those things go into production, setting and meeting expectation. Again, another concept of business that you can utilize each and every day. You got to learn to plan, adapt, use what you've got, but fake it when you need to, when it doesn't hurt the end result, when it helps the end result. Don't fake it because it's easier. Fake it because it's necessary to get you from point A to point B. And the audience will actually see value in it, not feel like they've been taken advantage of. That's the difference between fake it till you make it and faking pieces as necessary in order to get the end product, the end result that the consumer is looking for. If you can meet the expectation, all the how you made it, how the sausage is made doesn't matter. So then I had a unexpected, what I call underground opportunity. Again, early my first freshman year in college, I had just got kicked out of another band. I had just made a terrible video that I just described to you. Went to a club one night to hear an opening act for a band that an opening act I'd never heard of for a band I had heard of. They were having trouble on the stage. They were having trouble with technical difficulties. The people that worked at the club did not know how to fix it because these guys had multiple synthesizers. They had a tape, a reel-to-reel tape machine. This is 1989. So synthesizers, big, huge, heavy tape, reel-to-reel tape machines. They had a real live drummer with microphones on the kit. And they had electronic drums, which were very sketchy at the time, hard to deal with. They had live instrumentation. They had live vocals. The guys at the club and the guys on tour had not figured out certain things. I knew what the problem was. I stepped up to help them out. And that's where I got to meet a young Trent Reznor. This is 1989. This is only a couple months after Pretty Hate Machine was released, but no one knew how important that album was going to be yet. Meeting someone before they're famous, doing a favor for them simply because I wanted them to get on to be able to do their show. I wanted to see a great show. I wanted to see the act to come after them. I wanted to have a good time for the rest of the evening. I wanted the crowd to be happy. And I knew how to fix their problem. It was no sweat off of me to help them out and ultimately come to great benefit to me to have a relationship with a young budding rock star who eventually got me connected to the Lollapalooza tour and some other things as well. And we continued to do some things throughout the 90s because of a chance encounter, because I took a chance, did something for someone else without any expectation, but with the return on the time, effort, and expertise I put into that was 
exponential for me in the 90s in the music industry, as you can imagine, knowing and getting connected to Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails long before anyone else knew who they were or how important they would be. Willingness to help paid off and my ability to hustle, my ability to put work in no matter what the situation is, no matter the I'm not here to do that, I'm not getting paid, that's not what I'm here for, but a willingness to help other people out and put my effort into it paid off for sure. Now, this is all life before the internet. Internet came around in the mid to late 90s. There were no smartphones for at this time for sure. Definitely no social media. None of the things that we have today that are beneficial, that are tools for how we do business. But I'm not mad about having to hustle and grind and work through that period of my professional life. We learned a ton of hustle. We were making our own cassettes. We were burning our own CDs at a very huge cost. We were promoting ourselves the old-fashioned way. We're going to bars. We're going to clubs. We're going to raves. We're taking flyers that we printed at Kinko's or at someone's dad's office that we made by hand or we mocked up on the one Mac that we owned to run the whole studio and to do all of our graphic design on. My experience doing that led into eventual careers in graphic design, being to work professionally as a graphic designer. Because again, I learned the rules by doing it by hand, by doing it the old-fashioned way, by experience, because that's all we had at that time. So I'm not mad that those things happened and that people getting into these businesses today, whether it's the music business or podcasting or video production or being a social media influencer, yes, they have it so easy. They have a smartphone with a camera, the 4K camera, video camera capabilities, all kinds of tools, techniques that they can use to make their content, to connect with their audiences, we did not have this in 85 and 90, 95 and 2000. That's okay. We learned how to do things. We learned the rules so that we can then break the rules. And then today, I have the ability to sit down right here, point at one camera, turn one microphone on, and record a podcast, record video segments, record promos for them to put on social media, have the ability to post on social media, all of that because of the efforts that came out of those pre internet, pre-social media, pre-smartphone, period. And I understand how to hustle and grind because we had it harder. Again, I'm not mad at you now. Just keep applying that hustle that we had back in the day. We called it selling tapes out of the back of the car. We literally sold stuff out of the trunk of the car, out of the back of a truck, in the back of a show. We carried it in our pockets. We carried it everywhere we went. We were constantly selling tapes, selling CDs, handing out flyers, asking people to come to our shows, calling people, asking them to bring their friends, carpooling everything because that's what you had to do in order to build an audience to go from garage status to local status to local to regional to regional to national and to get yourself a deal and to get big time and to get on MTV. Then you had it made. You had to put that effort, hustle in. Then you couldn't just make a video. You couldn't have the equipment at your disposal. You couldn't find people on the internet to come help you. You definitely couldn't round up people for a show, especially on a late notice by simply putting out tweets and Facebook posts and sending out email blasts. So we worked, we hustled, and I've continued to apply those lessons to everything I do in business today, even though the tools and technology are much better. So I'm happy to have lived through that with it experience and, again, learning the rules so I can break the rules. So how does all of this, how does this meandering conversation of random meetings and starting in the garage and, and warehouse raves, as dangerous as they were, how does this come back to have a cohesive message about business and entrepreneurism in 2022? Let me tell you, because 
the inexperience, but willingness to gain experience is one part of the equation, not staying stuck in your comfort zone. So pushing yourself out of the comfort zone, be willing to help other people without expectations, willing to expand your boundaries and do new things, not with a specific, because I get an X amount of money or I get an X outcome involved because you want the experience getting out of your comfort zone, gaining the experience and a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of fake it till you make it attitude. The ability to say, yes, I can do that. If you're willing to put in the effort to do the thing that you promised, you can't fake it so that you get paid and you go home and the, and the person paying you doesn't get what they're expecting. That's fake it till you fake it. Fake it till you make it is telling someone yes. And then figuring out how before they come back to you to actually do it. Then continual improvement. If you will continually improve that fake it till you made it moment might lead to the opportunity for you to find the thing you have passion for that you're willing to do work for that you have a creative and natural aptitude for that you can turn into a side hustle to a business to a career. That's where this comes from. I'm going to have a full episode soon on that note right there. Really like that concept, that idea and how that goes and making sure that you stay away completely from fake it till you fake it. Can't fake it totally. You can fake it a little. There's a degree there. We'll explain that in detail in a future episode. I'll reference this one for sure. Second piece being, I've said this a couple times, you have to know the rules before you break the rules. Going back to the idea of garage bands. Garage bands are terrible because they don't know the rules. They don't know how to play. They don't know techniques. They don't know how to set up their amplifiers, their guitars, their keyboards, their drums. They don't know how to make things sound good cohesive and write songs that flow note structure, chord patterns, progressions, everything. All of that comes from learning the rules, learning how things are done. If you want to break those rules after you learn them, then you're following the Trent Reznor route. Trent Reznor is an accomplished musician who can play music, can read music and play music, has a huge depth of knowledge on music theory, and execution. He knows the rules and he is very specific in the rules he breaks for very specific reasons. So when he uses non-music instrument sounds, when he uses rhythms that are unnatural or uncommon, when he changes time signatures, when he changes chord progressions, when he does something new and unique and interesting, when he breaks a rule, presses a boundary, gets out of the music comfort zone, Often great things happen. That's the lesson. Learn the rules so that you can break the rules. I will definitely revisit this again, this idea again in a future episode of the Saturday Morning Hustle. So again, let's sum this all up. When you are in a garage with your butt with your pals and you start a band, you have to learn how to make music, make music as a band, work as a team. Individually, everyone has to do their part. They have to learn the rules. They have to learn how things are done. They have to practice and you have to practice together. There's give and take. Sometimes you get the solo. Sometimes you do. This one features you. This one features me. There's a combination and a collaboration and a communication that comes with being in a band. If your band is going to be any good or successful, like working in any team or within any business production, producing records, producing songs, producing music videos, producing documentaries, producing podcasts, producing videos. There is again, a series, a process, a way that things get produced. Now the nuances in between is where creativity comes in and where you make it special and interesting and new going back to the Trent Reznor reference 
But if you don't know how to actually make the basic piece, if you don't know those rules, you can't break those rules effectively. So production audio video, it's a process. Understanding the process of going from an idea to an outline, to a script, to a shot sheet, to shooting A and B footage, editing, assembling, post-production, etc. All of those have to go in order. They have to be done a certain way. Certain things support other things. That is the process of audio production or video production. It doesn't happen by accident. Even if it looks easy, it's not by accident. That process plus technology, we have better technology today than we did five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. My first video shoot in 1990 that fell apart was a disaster. I had a camera that was 45 pounds. I had to carry around the recorder in a bag. It was another 60 pounds. The the tape itself was three quarters of an inch thick, like this big, huge units, reel to reel tapes, all kinds of inadequate technology for today. Now technology is better. It's advanced. The process that I learned plus the new technology, plus the people you're working with, your collaborators, the people in the process, the motivation, the inspiration, the team members who are playing their parts, they're contributing. This equals reaching your goal. The goal is where you start in the process. The process starts by the goal, and then you break it down in how you get from nothing to achieving the goal. That is done through the process, use of technology, and involvement of people. That is what I've learned from audio and video production. Turning a hobby into business. Music and playing in a band was very much a hobby for me. It was a side thing. It wasn't my main goal in life, but it was fun. It was something I wanted to do. I eventually turned it into a business. I and accidentally, luckily, I made a ton of mistakes. I left a lot of money on the table, even though I ended up making a lot of money. The better I got at the business side, the better opportunities I got to do different, interesting, and better music. The opportunities improved when I handled my business. So even though it's a hobby and even though it's something I have passion for, it's something that was artistic and an expression, it had to be a business at the same time. To put structure in place, you have to go back to your processes in order to be profitable so that you can continue to do it. If you're not profitable, you won't be able to continue to do it. You have to capitalize on opportunities no matter how random they are. Meeting someone I've never heard of in a bar, in a club, the underground club, actually the club under the club. We were in the basement of the club. The club above was the big club. We were in the bottom club. It was the all-ages club. It was not anything anyone expected to happen. No one knew if this band was going to be good or not. They were opener. No one was there to see them. They were there to see the headliner. But saying yes to the chance to help someone, saying yes to spend a little bit of my time and expertise on someone else was a huge benefit. Understand, look for, and be open to these opportunities, not because they do something for you, but because the goodwill, the good karma, all of the things that you put out in the universe that can come back to you without expectations, if you're able to capitalize on the most random of opportunities. Nice guys don't always finish last. They don't always finish first. They don't always finish last. Like I said, being a nice guy with someone like Trent Reznor had no reason to know or trust me outside of I was trying to be helpful to him. That allowed me to finish more than, for, more than last many, 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 many times. Sometimes first, sometimes in the middle. Definitely not finishing last because I was being a nice guy. So don't let people tell you that nice guys, nice people, niceness is not finishing last. It's often finishing first and often again, creating new and unexpected opportunities. So ultimately what this tells you is experience is a great teacher. All of these experiences is what ties in 
all of these things that don't make sense in a path from from 1985 being in a garage band to now be the CEO of a business development and strategic planning consulting firm. Those things are not a straight line, but that's the point. Nothing is a straight line. There's ups and downs, valleys. There is experience to be gained, opportunities to be created and capitalized on, and a learning process for your entire life. If you approach all these things, find passion for what you're doing, learn, experience, grow, teach yourself, lift other people up, give of your time and effort without expectation. All of these things are all the themes you hear us talk about on this podcast all the time. That's exactly what happened to me. Things I learned starting in a garage, throwing raves in sketchy warehouses, meeting random future rock stars, having complete failure on my first and second and third music videos, and ultimately gaining success because hustle, grind, not giving up, staying motivated, staying focused, learning the rules before I broke the rules, developing process, treating my hobby as a real business, having passion for it, and then, of course, hustle and grind. Because it's Saturday, we're in the office, out working the competition while they still sleep. Thanks for listening again to the Saturday One Hustle. I started off in a random place. I hopefully tie that all together for you in a great way. We're going to revisit some of these ideas in future episodes as well. So stream and subscribe. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Share with a friend. I appreciate it very much. Leave a comment on social media. Let me know what you thought about that. If you want more information, if you have stories that are very similar, I'd love to hear them. Make sure you get your Saturday Morning Hustle Entrepreneur EF Coffee and Donut Swag at the Swag Store at SaturdayMorningHustle.com. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram. LinkedIn, the Facebook fan page as well. And don't miss any of the episodes of the professional series, the professional balance series, the bonus content, Saturday One Hustle. Just put a new one up this Monday because it was the last Monday of the month on Memorial Day. And that episode is business failure. Is it marketing or product? How do you balance, have a balanced approach to figuring out which one or both need to be adjusted in order for your business to do better? That is a long form audio only. It's not on YouTube, only on the audio channels. Check that out. It's Saturday. I'm in the office. This is the Saturday morning hustle for anyone willing to come in early, stay late, hustle on the weekend to earn that future success. Thank you very much. See you next week. Saturday.